case person the ACL person in general. In the last few years, in the last few years, I've developed this this affinity for coaching over the last couple of years, and I I, I developed that some of the chaver here I was to I I was to see David be MVP in this league for four days, for four days a year. I coach in a very competitive camp. They have this jump shot of basketball camp that my sons love going to. And the first year I went for my kids, they wanted to go badly. So my wife and I went there. My kids were able to go to this basketball camp based on our co- my coaching there. And the second year I just became tempted by coaching. And now I see like when I was a kid I had these like dreams of being either a center fielder for the Mets or wide receiver for the Giants. I have to update my dreams. You know, the Mets, even a 38-year-old center fielder, the Mets could use anybody at this point. Nonetheless, it's unlikely. That Mets dream is unlikely. The Giants certainly have excellent wide receivers. I wouldn't mind catching balls from Eloy, but they have excellent wide receivers, so that's an unlikely scenario. So now the new dream is I picture, if my job doesn't work out, I picture maybe coaching a team. I just, I'm really intrigued by coaching. I was fascinated. The funny thing is, the first time I coached in jump shot, you have a certain sense. Has anybody here coached? Ravan, you ever coached? It's very interesting to coach because your your tendency is you want to rush out and just do it. You're on the bench. It's, you can't do it. It's very similar to chinuch. When our kids, you know, my kids' homework I usually do do for them, but your kids' life, you can't do life for the kid. You have to sit back. And, and listen to what he's going through and try to give advice, sensible advice to change things. When you're watching a game, you say, I just want to go out there and, and make the play. No, you can't do that. You can't go out there. The coach is not invited on the court. Probably wouldn't help out much on the court. You have to in an intelligent way observe and say something intelligent that, that makes a difference in the game. I'm very mocked when I coach. Does it be made? He was in the huddle. I don't like just saying something stupid. You say, oh, guys, uh, I, I see coaches call time out. I have nothing valuable to say. If your mother just says this, call time out and give them a break. You're trying to say something of note. You notice one little thing. It might be the guy's not boxing out. It might be a change of defense, change of offense. You're trying to observe and notice something that with this little correction, little tinkering, you can do better. So, in the last couple of years, I've been very intrigued by coaching. Now, coaching has two parts. Any coach will tell you there are two parts to coaching. There's the X's and O's. I don't know what you call each one. You can call what you want. The X's and O's strategy. And a coach has to come up with good strategy. And then there's the psyche, the psyching. A coach is part motivator, part teacher. The teaching part is the X's and O's, the strategy. We should switch defenses, switch offenses, etc. And then there's the motivation. The coach is a motivator and knows the right encouragement, the right thing to say, to psych the team up, to play harder, to play better, to not to give up. That's the two parts of the coaches. So the part of coach, I, I, I happen to enjoy both parts. They each have their own fascinating thing. The motivator part, we try to get the team not to quit certain times, or not to be overconfident, whatever particular thing you're trying to motivate the team. But there's the motivation and the X and O's. I think the coaching part anymore, the last couple of years, I, I thought about this the last couple of years. I don't remember when I was younger thinking about this. But the last couple of years, I think to myself, and I asked Michila, I have different tires for the but it's just something I've thought to myself the last couple of years, probably coinciding with my coaching career. I think to myself, Matisio and his children are about to try engage in a war. In a war that our peace is an unwinnable war. And I try to think to myself, what was the conversation in the room? The motivational speaker fighting a war. It is so out of whack to even begin to, to fight this war 
Forget mm-hmm. that, that they want is true. What is the motivational speech? Guys, come. I imagine if I would take a group of Bachman and we played Miami Heat. <laughs> In Yemi school, you're supposed to make believe you don't know that the Knicks are playing the Heat tonight. So. Everybody wonders, does he realize what they're playing? <laughs> the Kitsrat Burm is that, um, the Kitsrat Burm idea is if we take a group of Bachman to play the Miami Heat, so, what would be the big motivational speech? Well, guys, come on, we're going... There's nothing to say, there's no motivational speech. <laughs> Just have fun, enjoy, you know, wave at LeBron as he's coming by. I don't, there'll, be, there'll be very little to say as, wave of motiva- as a way of what we're about to engage in. So I think to myself, they're about, Mila Shemelai, come, let's fight the Greeks. There's a Rabin DM, we're Ma'atin. What is the encouragement? And in the last couple... Why is this they thought the time was in really big trouble of getting lost, saying from what they perceived could have been forever. I mean, we were... The desperation situation for sure. I read a writing, one of the biggest thinkers of our generation, I read this year, I was reading his book on Hanukkah. His claim is a huge debate. It's fascinating. We don't have an Achim Friedman here. The numbers, he claims more than 50% of the Yidden were assimilated, the Hanukkah time. Just to get what was going on, the Greeks had taken a massive hold of Yiddishkeit. We lost over 50% of the Yidden. We're lost. We're friends. In this book, it's a big debate among thinkers. Rav Yashaber and others call Hanukkah that we stress the battle against the Greeks. It was the Greeks and a lot of Jews. He called it a cover-up of Yashaber. My rebbein didn't teach me like that, Aaron. He called it a cover-up that in Chazal they don't say because they don't want to say we fought Yidin. Now my rebbein never taught me that way. And my rebbein taught me it's not a cover-up of Chazal. It doesn't yeah. say we fought Yidin because they weren't the Shirish. Mm-hmm. The Greeks were the Shirish. They were only, they were only Mushfat. So that wasn't the fight against them. Yeah, Yesh Lavin. I taught... There's a friend of our family who's a professor in a college in Eretz Israel. He's an Israeli. He's a brilliant guy who's about shufa, and he's Israeli. Israelis are very blunt. So he says he, he teaches in Tel Aviv, in some university in Tel Aviv, and the class is all excited eating sufganiyot on on um, Hanukkah. And he says to his class, if you're wondering what this, you're all partying and excited. I want to explain to you what you're celebrating. You're celebrating that the Haredim beat you. That's what he, he held like a Yashaber, that the war was against Yidin. What the Greeks, who, who, the Hellenists, who went over to Greek culture, he tells the class, who's all excited about Hanukkah, that you're actually celebrating your own defeat. That was this Israeli professor, this blood professor, told his class. So what, what, what you're just saying, the desperation of the situation, I understand. But it's an unwinnable war. What are you, how do you cite people? Well, come, we're gonna do, we're gonna do what? We're going to fight the American, no, it's not a, there's no, there's no mocking to be chalier. Elamayanese, let's go to shul, and that's like, what are you adding? What are you mice if you take, you take one gun and you fight the American army? What, what would I tell, let's say I'd hold a group of people, you'd be in Russia, the Chavetz Chaim, it is said, was Mishkarit, that he didn't attack the Russian army. Because they were trying to make people frightened. So what do you tell a group of four people? Come, let's attack the Russians. What's the conversation? I'm just trying to picture the conversation. Let, let, to me, the Yisaidat Varim, the conversation very much is, I've realized in the last few years, is we can't stand by idly. It's not a question of winning or losing. It's a question of somebody's insulting a person's mother. It's not a question, am I going to win or lose? It's a question, I can't stand there. How can you stand there when they're doing such things? It's not a... I'm sorry? Yeah. Like a similar thing, it can't be, I'm just standing here. It's not a question... I, I heard on a tape, from a, I heard on a tape from a Talmud Chach, and the Dabra Merov fought Goliath. If Dabra Merov didn't hold he can win, it was an ace that he won. David HaMelech held, David HaMelech is 17 years old, and this big warrior, this big plishti warrior is taunting the Jewish people, and everybody's sittering in front of him. David HaMelech comes and hears what he's saying. He says, I can't stand here, I'm going to fight him. So 
not a question I could win or I can't win. I cannot fight him. He's not saying that. You're not saying that I'm standing here. I'll get beaten up. We won't be successful. Otherwise, if, if Samanes go to the base measures, what are you fighting for? But they held on the Greeks. We can't... Like, like, like when Yitzchak says, HaKizayni Yatzach Yisenu. We're going to let them perpetrate that they're fighting Hashem. There's a revolution to make us forget Torah, to make us forget Shabbat Kodesh, to make us forget Hashem. I'm not standing by idol. It's not a question of what I can do or not. Red Miller, this attitude, Red Miller, if you, this is so relevant to our lives. Red Miller, Ervion Kipper, Red Miller, and to me that was the conversation. The conversation wasn't about winning or losing. Avada, they wanted to win. The conversation was, Rabbi said, are you going to stand by when this is happening? I'm not standing by when this is happening. Am I winning or losing? Hashem runs the world. I'm not standing by when this happens. I'm not standing idly. Not even if Shabbat said, once it's a nace, is it a bigger nace for people start up with the army or nobody? Let's go to the base mesh and hope the whole army dies. No, we're going to fight because I'm not standing by idly. Rev. Miller, Ervian Kipper, was writing letters to politicians against all the rebuy of Pritzos that was allowed, whether billboards, they have a Pritzos sticker billboard, that's a disgrace. How do you allow Pritzos sticker billboard? How do you allow in a mall to have, that a store could just have pictures that are disgusting? It's a rabbin, it's a public place. How do you allow that? So Rev. Miller, Alicia, Ervian Kipper was writing letters to politicians. And he was writing, how do you allow this pizza and that pizza? Erevian Kipper, Reb Miller had big lofty things to be involved in. He's writing letters to politicians. Do you think even the politicians read these letters? He's writing President Nixon a letter against the priests in America. The letter goes, some secretary reads it, throws it in the wastebasket, I don't know. Maybe they write a letter back and the president signs it or doesn't sign it. They put his stamp on it. What's your Miller bother? Somebody asked your Miller. Erevian Kipper, this is what he used to do every year, Erevian Kipper. Somebody asked him, this is what you're busy? He said, you don't understand. I'm going to face Hashem at 120. There's things going on that are negative Torah, that are negative Yiddishkeit. He said, I'm not standing by idly when this is happening. So I'm writing letters. It's my way of making a machah. I saw, and the Miller had shaykhs to him. The Miller, when he was a youngster at shaykhs, I saw the same thing from off the bus. Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Herman. He would go to the beach where there was mixed swimming, He'd go to the beach and carry a sign that it's us to the next I don't remember what was written on this. Does anybody remember from the book? And he would stand there for like 10 hours, pacing, not looking, not by the water. By the entrance, the beach, pacing with the sign for 10 hours. Did anybody see the sign, us to the next one? Oh, I didn't, I didn't do that. I'd walk home. They were going with swimming. It wasn't, it wasn't relevant. His sign that he's pacing was. But, but he said the same thing with Yaakov Yosef Herman. I'm not standing by idly. I can't stand here when there's a piercer. If I could do something, if it helps, maybe it helps. I'm not, I, it can't be that something's going on like this and I'm twiddling my thumbs. So I'm going to stand up and do it. And, and do Is it going to help, not help? I'm not standing by. That much is going to do. And the, 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 that's for the last few years I was yearned to that. That I can't stand by and I'm going to do. That's what I view the speech for the last few years, for the last couple, I thought about this only the last couple of years, it could be, I asked Mechil, we have probably the Chachamim here, hey Kayla, should we ask you to think about this, who cares the, the pre-game speech before, but to me, I'm, I, I was wondering, the last few years, I have said that the speech was, we're Mechil, if we can't stand by. Can you tell everybody else that they didn't join them, that we're going to make that Mechil, or we're going to make that Mechil? The stuff that they were supposed to, it looks like Matasio Obama, they were right, they were, Looking historically, we view they were right. So to me, the yisoid of their machah was not whether we could win or lose. Although I don't understand, like what? Now, could be, I'm, again, this is this is what I realized the last few years. I certainly think there's truth here. I see it's not an attitude I've made up. I've heard it from that Miller. I heard it from all for the boss. There's certain times it's just you can't stand more idly. It's hard for us to think this. I don't know about you. We all want to be successful. If you ask me, Kalish, could you stand walking up with, down a beach with a with a with a sign? I want to be Matsuyah. In their books, the fact that they were making a machod, they were standing up for Hashem. That was what we used to do. So 
I, it's hard for me. I don't, you write letters to politicians, but I'm wasting my time. They, I, don't, I don't even fully understand that they are wasting your time. I have the shell of you. They view we face Hashem. But there was a voice that stood up for Hashem. There was a voice. You know, it, it reminds me, there's, there's, a guy, there's a guy in Waterbury every single election. I don't know if you've met him. He runs every election for the last many, since I've been in Waterbury, I've been living here now 13, 14 years. 13 years, 14 years. He runs every single election. This is Richard Kim. He knows he's going to lose. He never gets more than a few votes. He wants, he has certain messages he wants out there. So he gets his message out. What are you getting your message? I, I can't even relate. I, if, if I'm not winning, if I'm not playing, I, I don't relate. But there's such a verse. Lahabdul. This guy, he, he wants his message out. He's going to lose. But his message, what his message is, I'm not sure. He's come by Yeshiva many times. He wants, he, he, I, I, I always feel sad for him. But maybe the joke's on us. He stands for something and he runs around every year, election time, every couple of years. You've met him yourself, right, Richard Kim? You see a sign, there'll be a whole bunch of professional signs, then you see a handmade sign, Richard Kim. What did you say? It's, it's the same Bechina. I'm not saying it's the right thing. It's the same Bechina. What are you accomplishing? It's the same Bechina. I'm not standing by. If, if you never try, you'll never know. Anything in life, you can talk, you know, you just think about it and discuss it, but if you never try, if you never hold that time on the beach, you'll never, you'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. This year, Rabbi Say, I finally, I don't know if I'm on this road, Madrig, I know I'm not. This year, I, I, I want to say something more like Yisrael. For years, the last couple of years, Alicia, that's how I viewed it. This year, I say to myself a different thing. I say Ramban in this week's parsha, and I think these people who so lived with this thought process of the Ramban, it's a whole different story. The Ramban, it's, it's four of the most famous words that Alicia has uttered. It's words that everybody has to know. Yep. Hanukkah was a very extended war. It's very hard to hear that their motivation was make a stand because then they would have made a stand and gone home. It wouldn't have been that for a citizen. I'd have stopped. I'd have stopped. I'd have stopped, though. I hear what you're saying, dude. I just think I'd have stopped. We're not stopping these people. are fighting. I'm going to fight them to death. But, but your topic is to make a stand. You made your point. Till the death. But there's not, like a, there's, not like a, there's not like a nice little pointer. These are people that are fighting Hashem. We're going to give up our lives and so, fight them. It must have been deeper than just we have to make a stand. I don't know. You could be right. So maybe, maybe I've caught up to you at all. So this year, I have another idea you did this year. That's, I don't know. That, that idea is not Shekhar. And again, I'm guessing, was that, that, was that what, what Matsyona's son thought? Maybe they knew they'd win. This year, I have another. I have another thought. This year, that's simple. The Yisrael said it. The view just sounds like he holds that way. So I'll tell you this year what I'm thinking, Ellie. It doesn't. It doesn't contradict the previous year's thoughts, but it's like maybe a step higher. I've graduated this year, and what I think this year, Yitzchak as follows, David. And I want, I want, I ask everybody to memorize the four words we say. We have to pound it into our psyche. We have to have these four words coursing in our blood. Yosef Atzad is looking for his brothers. Every single year, I say, Yosef, don't find your brothers. Don't find them. He's looking. He can't find his brothers. He's tired about Sunday. He's lost. And he finds his brothers every year in our history is altered. We go down to Mitzrayim, our entire history is altered because he finds his brothers. They throw him in the pit, they sell him to Egypt, eventually we all go to Egypt. Ten of our biggest tzaddikim who ever lived are killed based on this story. A lot of bad stuff happens. And it all was almost averted. He's lost, yes, but he's looking for his brothers. And a man finds him, and the man asks the what do you want? He says, I'm looking for my brothers. Could you tell me where they're shepherding? And the man saves the day and tells him where they're shepherding. 
You know what it reminds me? This man who saves the day, my parents had a van that was a very fascinating van. My parents' van didn't need keys to start. You just turned the ignition and drove it. Bakun Yishifarakri loved my father's van. He would come out, he had to stay there. It was sometimes there, sometimes not. You just turned the ignition, I kid you not, and it went. Comes one day, and the van is not there. It was stolen. And it, it was gone for a few weeks. Somebody calls my father one day and says, I see your van. The guy here knows what a freedom van is. I don't know what a freedom van is. A freedom van is, the inner city people, what they do is, it's illegal, don't try this please, they take a van and they go the bus route and they pick up their own for much cheaper than the bus. Yeah, they call, in my day they call it a freedom van. So, the guy stole up my parents' van and was using it as a freedom van every single day. He actually was sleeping in the van. It was Mokok, he had all his stuff in the back. He clearly was using it as a house and making money. Rent-free house and making money. And he was using the freedom, he was using our van as a freedom van. So my parents follow him on the route. They get a little ahead of him, call the cops, and the cops take back the van. The man got out, he got out of jail, he claimed it was sold to him, he bought it from somebody, he stole it. Now, my parents, all the stuff was in the van, he had his old, so my parents asked the cops what to do with the stuff, they said just throw it out. So my parents threw out all the guy's stuff. Keep it a secret. The kids, here is the guy, I'm home with my mother once, and a little brother is upstairs, and the man knocks on our door, my mother recognizes him, from the police station. The man knocks on our door. My mother says, Daniel, I ran to the study. I had a phone in my hands ready to call the cops. And my mother's at the door talking to this guy. And the guy says, where's all my stuff? My mother's like, I don't know. She's scared out of her wits. My mother's a very honest person. But here, if you ever let her not tell the truth, my brother comes running down from upstairs. I know, I know where it is. Saving the day, he was supposed to be through it. I dropped the phone and like a flying tackle, I ran to the steps, grabbed his mouth. He's running down saving the day. He knows where it is. Baruch Hashem, the guy was on a lot of interesting stuff and not much registered. But that's what I look at it. This Ish Soya Basada says, I know where they are. I'm like, oh no. But there was nobody to grab and unmuzzle his mouth. Could you not say where the brothers are? But this man saves the day and he tells the Yosemite Tzaddik where the brothers are. And the Ramban says two comments. Why does the player say this little point that he's lost, he can't find him, and a man tells Yosemite Tzaddik where the brothers are? I was always in the diet. My wife always, I don't know if you, Ravan, you have this experience. Men never like asking directions. When I'm lost, I say, ask me. No, no, I know, I know, I know the way. Ask somebody. <laughs> man just never likes asses. I think it comes from a good need that men are leaders. So, Beteva, a leader doesn't, not looking to take polls. You, you lead. But we have to be sure, even a leader should ask. I think it comes from a good way. Men don't like reading and showing. I always think in this story, the man asks yes to that subject. You seem to be lost. But anyway, that's my Odama Kavskos when I don't ask. But the Kitzvah Verm is, is that, um, the man says to Yisrael Tzadik, he tells him where to go. The Ramban says, why is that story related? Just say he found his brothers, and Yisrael Tzadik found his brother, gave them what gave his, he, he saw his brothers, and tell you the story, what is this little detail the Torah sticks in? He's lost, and the man gives him directions. So, the Ramban says two answers, they're both unbelievable answers, that, that have a lot to think about. The Ramban's first answer is that when you have a mission, don't abort so easily. Don't abort so easily. Yosef HaTzadik could have aborted his father's mission. I tried. I can't find him. Go back home. Stuck at it. He was so easily covered of his. For the honor of his father, he kept out of it. That's the Ramban's first answer, which is a very instructive answer in any mission we perceive in our lives, not to abort so easily. Things come up, problems, issues, difficulties. You know what? Don't abort the mission so easily. That was the Ramban's first answer. You could speak about that for hours in itself. But the Ramban's second answer is what I want to get to. The Ramban's second answer is to teach us that when Hashem wants something to happen, it's going to happen. So there's so many what ifs, if only. 
And the answer Hashem tells us in the Torah Hashem, how Yosef almost didn't find his brothers, to tell you four words. Hagzeira emes, hacharitzus sheker. What Hashem wants to happen is emes. And people's charitzus, people's eshtadlus, the sheker. What Hashem wants to happen is the truth. That's the emes. Now we say, Gzeira emes, hacharitzus sheker, it can cause many things in our life. One of the things it causes, the older I get, there are two, th- two meters I value more than any other thing in the world. Savlanus, patience. Isoyful people, that patience I think is like, like you're every, if you're a Savlan, you're, you're, you're a Sadiqadar. Savlanus and Menuchas Hanefesh, calm, to be tranquil. Menuchas Hanefesh, you need to know Hagzeira Emes Haharitza Shekin. What Hashem wants to happen will happen. Now that side, what Hashem wants to happen, happens. And that's why it teaches us this funny story that he almost didn't see his brothers, but for a miracle, some angel finds him and tells him directions. But besides that can cause us to have menuchas hanefesh, not to feel overstressed, it also can empower, what Yisrael said, it can also empower us to try things that are far-fetched. When I said to brothers, what was the meeting? What was the conversation? So Avada, they first had to determine we're mechoyiv. They held we're mechoyiv, but now what? We're mechoyiv, okay? Let's say you decide we're mechoyiv to play the, the, the Miami Heat. Of the first, we're five yeshiva guys. Of the ones who are mechoyiv, then already Hashem runs the world like Zeyra Emes Charitz Hosheker. Once we're mechoyiv, Hayat Hashem takes our dozen. Is Hashem's hands short? Hashem could do anything. It's a chizuf that once you hold your supposed to, God runs the world. Try anything. If you're not supposed to, the seder. But once you are about, it could be the step one I saw at the previous year. It's true. But the next step is, but what's the camera say? Okay, we must. Okay, so you're being silly. Should we take a toothpick? No, make sure to get a good gun. <laughs> to like sonus. The terrorist not like sonus. Get some good guns. You think Hashem can't do anything? Hagzeira emes charitzu sheker. Hishtablus is always a lie. Is it any different if we have a bigger army, smaller army? Tashem it matters. If we're mechuyim, hagzeira emes charitzu sheker. What Hashem wants, what Hashem decides, do a rabbi matter? They'll fall in the hands of a matzim. They'll fall in the hands of a few. Because hagzeira emes charitzu sheker. Because what Hashem wants to happen happens. But that's what I wanted to say this year. A much more optimistic way, other than this is just the stand from Mukhizik of our lives. A much, maybe the next step of the conversation is Now you tell me we're four people, we're five people, what are we going to do already? What for Mukhizik? Hayat Hashem Tixer, Hashem has limitations. We're Mukhizik, now let's go. Let's go. We're fighting on the right side. We're fighting on the right side. You're on the right side. Hayat Hashem. You're on Hashem's side. You're on Hashem's side. There's no, there's no odds anymore. Sorry, the odds are off. Call off all the odds. Hagzeira Emes. What Hashem wants to happen, that's what will happen. Charitzos ishtadlus isheket. That makes no difference anyway. We're five. It would be five million, five thousand, five hundred thousand, five hundred million. Hacharitzos sheker. Charitzos means ishtadlus. Ishtadlus is a lie. It's not the Emes. They didn't view Ishtadlus as so important. They don't view that's what wins battles. We say in Haluka, we say that Hashem. They knew Tehillim, they knew the Haluka. Why did Vuras Asus Yechbat? Hashem doesn't want the strong horse. He doesn't want the chiseled man. The big muscles aren't what's going to do it. He wants those that fear him. Those that hope for his chesed. Those that are on his team. That's what he wants. You think he needs big armies? He wants those that fear him. Those that are on his side. That's what he wants. They said we're on the right team. So there was, they, they said that Charisos Ishtadlus is the key. Hagzeirem, it's what Hashem wants. 
So now I'm and like like what Yisrael said, you don't know till you try. Maybe I'll go to the beach. Don't. If this is what I'm mechuyiv to do, I walk with my sign. People will see the sign. I say, okay, better stop. I. It's unlikely. Hakzera emes charitz This is what I determine is the most I can do. It might look pitiful to the person who's into ishtadlus Alicia. To the person who lives ishtadlus, to the person who lives ishtadlus, so it looks pitiful, looks ridiculous. To the person who cares what Hashem, he cares to be on the right team, he cares to be right and true, so it's not pitiful ishtadlus. It's what I'm a you know, Hashem. Hashem doesn't need much, doesn't need anything. That's what I wanted to add this year. I want to share the four words I could die to memorize for life. In any situation we're in, to get more part of our kishkas, four words of Arishan. Hagzeira emes. What Hashem wants is true, Acharitza Sheker. I want to add one more Nikuda about, about, about Hanukkah. I want to learn a simple Mishnah in others together. And just thinking about this beautiful Chag of Hanukkah. The Mishnah in the fourth parak of Abbas, I, I apologize, when you quote the number Mishnah, in every Mishnah you see, oh, look, it's a different. I saw now one Mishnah, it's Mishnah Ches, in one version it's Mishnah Vav. Good luck finding it, depends which version you look, but it's Parak Dalad Mishnah Vav through Ches. The Mishnah Rabbi Yaisi Aymer, Rabbi Yaisi says, Somebody gives honor to the Torah, Gufay Mechubar al now what is the word gufay? Whoever honors the Torah, gufay mechor al So some Bishayim learn gufay means he himself. If you honor Torah, it looks like you're honoring somebody else. You're honoring Torah. Gufay, he himself get honored. One who honors Torah will be honored himself. That is, some of the Bishayim Yisrael learn pshat in those words. Gufay means he himself. Doesn't mean his body. It means who gufa? He himself. So it doesn't refer to his body. That's how gufa means. It means to give people feel they honor somebody else, but they're losing it from themselves. And what about me? But it's not that way. You somebody's gufa. He himself is honored. That's his honor. It's the greatest honor for the person. He's mechabet That himself is the honor and cover to the person. So that's many rishonim money. But many Rishayim translate literally. If you honor Torah, your body, your body gets honored. Mechubed al What is the stress your body gets honored? Gufay mechubed al I was reading this thinker of Stolper, a very chashva thinker, his grandson's in yeshiva. I was reading his, he was a Talmud of Rav Hutner, brilliant, he is a Talmud of Hutner, brilliant man, a big, a big Talmud Chacham, a big scholar, the Pimcha Stolper. And he wrote, he wrote two beautiful Svarim on Chanak, and I've been reading both his Svarim this year. And he was talking about, he, again, over 50% of the Jews fell for what the Greeks were selling. And I was thinking to myself, that how are they so successful in selling it to us? How are they so successful, the Greeks, in selling us? We have the Torah. We have the Emes. Daniel, how do they sell us baloney when we have the Emes? And I was saying to myself that there's something very luring about what Greek does because there's a degree of truth in what they do. The Greeks value a lot of precious things. They're very into art. They're very into the body. And the body's important. They pick something of value, the truth is. The cover they give to the body, the body deserves honor. The body deserves honor. The body is precious. A yid has all these rules about hurting his body. A yid has an iser to hurt his body. A yid is supposed to beautify his body. A yid, the beauty they speak about is not antagonistic to Torah. It's the beauty that's not independent of Ruchnius. That's not used to service Ruchnius. That's what Shver there's a degree of Greek philosophy, of Greek culture that's precious. We also hope they hold the bodies. We have a shmartim oil and ashesechem. Be very careful. We have, it's a shayla. It's funny, somebody spoke to the Bachim today and he spoke against tattoos. He said, you can't disgrace your body. Now some learn the Easter of tattoos is fakir. Tattoos are pretty. 
I, I believe I saw it first learned that the answer tattoo is why did Asa the right to make a tattoo? Is a tattoo is too much in the body. Tattoos, you make, you make. So this speaker held tattoos are ugly. I guess the Machlekes version is gay. This guy, this Talmud Chacham held that tattoos are ugly. He says you can't disgrace the body like that. Rav Hirsch writes you can't be too into body. Don't make pictures on your body too much into body. Can he have two? What? <laughs> a nice tattoo and an ugly one. The nice one, oh, so you two in the body, an ugly one, depends what that too. The only tattoo I ever thought was cool, but as he knows which one, the one around the muscle, I thought, you know, I mean, it's again, it's in the right, but at least then I, I hear the pshat, like it rehearses pshat, rehearses beautiful, I look at the inner city guy, I'm like, trying to understand your hirsch, like this resonated by me, the only one I could hear around the muscle, like it highlights the muscle, maybe that's like a, maybe there's something there. So that looks nice, maybe. That's the, the one tattoo I could hear, reverse shot. The one, you don't know, about the circle around, you don't analyze, you don't look, this, this year program, I'm going to get it for looking at tattoos and analyzing it. <laughs> but that reverse shot, I have to understand, I look at the inner city boys, the first is saying too much into body making tattoos. This shot, this rub shot resonated more, more by me. He said, "Don't disgrace your body." They asked that a guy came to the NBA. Bacher told me when I told him this machleik. When I told him of Hirsch, Bacher told me that they interviewed a player and they said to him, "They said to him, how come you don't have tattoos?" He was like the only player coming out of college. One of them didn't have tattoos. So he, he was mechazen to the rug against Rav Hirsch. This ball player said, did you ever see a bumper sticker on a Rolls Royce? <laughs> that was his line. Did you ever see a bumper? You heard this line, David? I heard from you, yeah. <laughs> that a great line? Alicia, you ever heard this line? From me also? And I heard it from you, I don't know. Wasn't you? A buffer told me this. Yes, you ever heard that line? So he had like the rub against Rav Hirsch. But the kid at Varm is, the Kitsu Advarma says that you must, so what, what was the draw, what was the draw of the Greek culture? They're being into body, the body, we also hold the body's precious. We have a student to, not to hurt your body, to, to, be, to, to groom a person's body, to care, a melech has to get a haircut every day because he has to look nice. He has to be near the yafya, text and meshar, you have to see him looking nice. We also have an Indian. We know Gemara that a, that a Nazir is called a sinner because he caused himself pain. Seer, Atzimenayayin, he's called a Chayte. When the Nazir wanted to, wanted to shave his head, Shemenatzadik gave him Musr. He said to him, What are you doing destroying your hair? He gave him Musr. You have beautiful hair. What are you destroying your hair? And I see a Bacha with a Chuk. I feel so good he has nice hair. I'm losing money. I'm so happy. I think to myself, enjoy it while you have it, son. <laughs> Bachar is like apologizing for his long hair. I was just thinking, while you have it, kind of fine. Lemaisa, Lemaisa, Shemnatzadik says, Mara Isa Lahash So what the Greeks speak about, the beauty of the body, is not complete. It's not a complete lie. The lie of the Greeks is it's all It's all meant to utilize to serve Hashem. The Mishnah says here, Whoever honors Torah, they take all that they have and they dedicate it to Torah Gufai. His body is His very body is more precious. It says Gufai when the person's mechadeh Torah, honors Torah, dedicates their capacity to Torah, so then gufah, the physical is also, gufah, mechubar abis, the guf is not disgusting, the guf itself becomes a vessel of holiness. It becomes kli kodesh. The Greeks' mistake is they take yoifi, beauty, and it becomes an end in itself. <coughs> Instead of being yishkain ba'olei shem, Instead of the beauty being a chetimsa for ruchnis, a chetimsa for goodness, it becomes an end of itself. That type of beauty. So people get confused. They saw, a per, a, they saw a people into the body, and people said, we also hold the being of grooming the body, of staying in shape. We also hold the, we also mishmaetem ha'oiglan ha'shesechem. Except by us, it's kula yehi chetimsa for ruchni. It's all a means of ruchni. I was thinking to myself, it's not my own vert. I've seen it in different places. I'm not quoting. I've, 
The Ashonim say this, I've seen in different Svarim, they're pulled by the midst of Chanukah, there's Mahajan, Mahajan, Minah Mahajan. Now, Bemis is a simple Kashi Rabbi say. Is Hidr Mitzvah Yisrael, is Hidr Mitzvah optional? It's not optional. You're Mechoyev. Zeh Kehli Vadeh, you're a person Mechoyev. It's not optional to be Mahadr Mitzvah. It's a Kehli Vadehaisa. Zeh Kehli Vadehu, you're Mechoyev. If you have a bare minimum Esther that's kosher, one nice, you're Mechoyev to buy the nicer. How much more? Learn Baba Kamadav Tess and find out how much more you're Mechoyev to spend. Hidr Mitzvah is not an option. We, you know, we do eager around our lulav. Yemuchoyev. Why? Because Hidr Mitzvah. Yemuchoyev to be ma'aged the lulav with Arav and Anasim. If you don't do it, it's still kosher. If you see a guy who doesn't have a bond around his lulav, when I was a kid, I misunderstood this. When I was a kid, so my, my band would break around my lulav and Anasim. It's not so kosher if you have the... If you have, what's that? The kosher called the big one. So it could be that's called the band. But let's say your band breaks. It's okay. It's not the this. I don't have a band. I'm yoytze. You, you, you do something. You do something after. You will even there carry down there. You. It's not optional to do it. You mechuyif to beautify mitzvahs. So ner chanukah. What's happening here? This is ner chanukah. Ner yeshubaisa. One candle. Hamahadrin. Those that want to do it nicely. But it's optional. Hamahadrin. Those that you mechuyif. It's not optional to do hither mitzvah. So what's Hamahadrin? <laughs> and those that keep the Torah, you're to keep the Torah. What does it mean Hamahadrin? Those that want to do Mahadrin, you're Mechoyev, it's a Chiyuv. Zekeilim Adeh is not option. So this Kasha, there are different answers offered to this Kasha, why, why it seems to be optional here. Hamahadrin. There's a few basic answers. The first thing you have to clear is maybe Zekeilim Adeh is not a Mitzvah you have to clear that. Is that Ken Levan value? Maybe it's only a Mitzvah Tayyaisa. That would be very unusual because Pashtas, the real Chakir, would be on a Drabanon, are you Mukhoyiv and Zek That would be the real Chakir, Avi. On a Mitzvah Drabanon, maybe you have a Chiv Zek Kaili Midaraisa. You have a Chiv to beautify Mitzvah. When Rabbanon gives you Mitzvah, now Midaraisa, you have to make that beautiful. I would be only ask a Vadi Mukhoyiv Zek Kaili is it a chiv de Rabbanon because called the takin Rabbanon came the raisa tikkun? Rabbanon, when they make it that kind of mirrors the raisa. So since with the raisa you have zekeilu dandayu, so now with Rabbanon, Rabbanon imitate. Or maybe you will call the raisa. But if I have zekeilu, either because called the takin or because zekeilu. So what's this optional? So two answers why it's optional here. Either because hither mitz is only a third of the mitz of the Mabab here, the second you make me add a second candle, it's double the mitzvah. You're not mechoyed to go so far for hither mitzvah. Hither mitzvah, you only mechoyed to spend up to a third more. It's the more of a kamadathness. So it's over the price of hither mitzvah. One possibility. Another possibility, hither mitzvah, is when you beautify the etzah mitzvah. Here, you're not beautifying the etzah mitzvah, you're lighting more nairs. That's not hither. Ayat says I'm a hadrim. Rashi says Mahadr Achar Mitzvah. Somebody who chases Mitzvah. Not the normal din Zekeil Vandeyu. Zekeil Vandeyu. As Eddie gets upset in Yeshiva, Bachum, they light their nairis. So guys, like a guy didn't get a menorah, so he like, does like the silliest thing for a menorah. If he makes a pretty menorah, and he designs it, in a, you know, using beer bottles or something, don't drink them. So to say there, so then, okay, so he just, but as he gets upset when a bacha does it in a regular way, he's over the rice. He's over Zekeli Vandeyu. If that a beautiful menorah. That's for sure Zekeli. So then he gets very upset. Be careful when you put out those menorahs. Make sure you have a proper menorah. But that's the menorah with the candle itself. But to add nairis, that's not zekel on You're having more nairis. So there are these different reasons why it's not mama zekel. So what's this Indian here that you could do more mitzvah? You have, you have this new way. Let's call it more beautiful. Let's not go with that. You're beautifying this optional beautification. That's not a chiv. It's more than the chiv. Let's assume that pshat. The chiv is only a third. And here there's an Indian of his or more than a third. The pshat Alicia's beautiful like this. We're talking about a civilization that's into beauty. Greece. And we overcome the Greeks. We're lost into beauty. Our beauty is what beautified the mitzvah more. Mahadrin, Mahadrin, Mahadrin. You're right, there's something called beauty. We have beautiful menorahs. 
gold, silver, gorgeous, beautiful masterpieces. But our beauty is always a timsafaruchnius. Our beauty is something that men goof call a machabir Somebody who honors Torah, who takes his capacities for Torah, so gufay mechubar al His very body, his very body is mechubar al His very body gets covered. Because it's not about negation of body. We don't say to the Greeks, ah, the body's junk. The Greeks say the body's precious. We don't say, respond to the Greeks, no, it's a stupid body, it's physical. We don't say that to the Greeks whatsoever. We say to the Greeks, the body is beautiful. You know why? Because such a good servant of the Neshama. It's such a good user of Dvar Ruchniyam. That, that is the Yofi. That is the point of the Yofi. We agree with you about the beauty, Yavon. It's interesting, Rabbi Sai, that Greek, the Yavon language has certain Kedusha no language has. They have a beautiful language, Yavon. And the language has a, has a, a Dinim, Chalam, the language of Yavon that no other language has. Which, according to light of what I'm saying, is very profound. Because their beauty, it's not it has no value. You have a beautiful way, ah, we're not into these things. No, it has a value as a Chetimus of Ruchnius. Revolve was writing to B'nai Tari, he has a safer guidebook for Hassanim. He says you're going to get married and your wife's going to be very more into Gashmius than she wants nice shades, she wants a nice house. And you're going to say, ah, Gashmius. She, she's supposed to care about the gashness in order for, to facilitate ruchness. That's her job. To make a beautiful home. That, that, that the ruchness can dwell in there. So the Bible writes as Adrocha, as Adrocha to Hassanim. Our statement to Greece, our answer back to a, to a group that believes in the body and stresses body to such degrees is we value the body as much as you. Because we understand the beauty of the body. We understand what it's about. We understand what it's for. It's a tense The Greek works out, the Yid might work out also. Two people are going to be in shape. The Greek guy and the Talmud Chacham. I picture a certain Talmud Chacham. He jogs six miles every day when I see him. He also jogs, but the Greek jogs to celebrate body. As an end, the body as an end. And the Talmud Chacham jogs because he wants Ruchni. He wants it. He needs the Koyach. There's Ruchni. Take a Timsa for the Ruchni. So that I believe is the response to Greece. That I believe this His very body becomes something of honor. His very body is appreciated because he's learning Torah. He's learning Torah. He's using his body right. Rev Kohn told me on somebody, it was true on this guy, I've noticed before, he, Rev Kohn told me that when a person becomes a more ruchnistic a person, they become more physically handsome. Rav Kohn once told me on a certain guy, he said he looks more handsome. I could tell he's steigen, he was right, he was steigen. His body is mechubit, his body is more precious. Ironically, when his body was an end, it's a bazillion for the body. The body is abused, that's not the, that's not the purpose of the body. Then as Dabra Melech says this in Tillam. Dabra Melech says, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit. When I put Hashem in front of me, ask the story Yishkan Lavetach Even my buster, even my physicality dwells in security. Even my physicality becomes something precious. When we, when we serve Hashem, when we recognize that the Icar is the service of Hashem, the body, you know what's ironic to me, Rabbi Sayyid? There's an irony to Hanukkah. It's, it's, it's such a funny irony. Rabbi say, who are we fighting? We're fighting a people into physicality. What happened? We beat them in a war. How physical is that? We beat them in a war. You know, we celebrate two Nisim. In Alanisim, we say Alanisim. We talk about the Mokhamah, How funny. We celebrate, we hold up our arms. And we say, you Greeks! Who are so into physicality, we outmuscle you. We speak about Muhammad. We speak about words. It's almost like an, an ironic twist. But our, our, what we say to the Greeks is that we beat you at your game. We're not anti-physicality. We overpowered you. With the Ma'atim, we overpowered you. Because our physicality, we stood up for Hashem for a purpose, for a higher purpose. 
for a purpose of service of Hashem. We also have a body and, and, and recognize the value of body. We don't write on our bodies, say this kaka. We take care of our body also. We believe in beauty. We're a people, you know, I don't know if there's another people, our base Hamigdash was stunning. We build the shul, we make beautiful shuls. Supposed to be the Makam Gavaya, the tallest building in a city. We also have beauty. We have beautiful shuls. We have beautiful ruchnias. We light them in the night. We roll them across, stunning the nerves. Is it that? Does that? Does that smell from Greek cultures? Go around to people's houses and they have beautiful menaitas. Silver. I remember. I'm not such a Hungarian. A Bachem Yeshiva Hungarian family. They bought me it's the nicest menorah I've ever seen. They bought me this huge, when they first bought it for me, I was blushing. Not my type. Shtickle gory, it's huge. It's a monster menorah. My wife wanted to buy me a menorah. I insisted, she wanted it a little bigger when I, was, when I just got married. A husband. I made her buy me a smaller one. Was not my type? It's a gory menorah. It's such a, maybe it's a little grease. Terrence is not in the slightest. Their beauty, we use the Hidr Mitzvah. Their beauty, what they use as an end, we have hither, mahadrin, mahadrin, mina mahadrin, on beautiful menorahs. The doctor here, a rebuy of hither, because the beauty that they have is not something that we say is trace. We say it has to be utilized for the right purposes. Do a mitzvah in a beautiful manner. Have a beautiful menorah. Do an extra rebuy of menorahs. Do it in a beautiful way, hither mitzvah. Because all their physicality is meant to serve Hashem. When it's used as an end, it's darkness. It's an end, it's chayshech, it's darkness. When it's used as a chatemus, it's so light and beautiful. I think, you know, we think about things, to me, that, to me, somebody was, a, a rub spoke to the Bachram, was talking about the relevance of Hanukkah. I, I apologize, more than any other youngster, it's like the most, it's, it's so evidently relevant. It's the rel- it smacks from relevance. At a time when beauty was an end, the time of, if that doesn't ring, if, if Greek culture is not still in play, that the body's in ends and beauty's in ends, and instead it's not an ends in the slightest. Take a timsa for Rukhni. How relevant is it? As we light that beautiful menorah, as we light our ribuy of nerus, the beautiful nerus and the extra nerus, let us have in mind to take all our, all our physical mylas, all the physicality around us, our wealth, and let us keep in mind that when it's utilized to serve Hashem, then it truly lights up the world. Then it's truly precious. Somebody who honors his physicality, becomes something precious.